You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum. You are joining us for In Conversation Show. Um, and the host speaker is myself. It's Rashta Ismail, joined by Imran Bashir. And today we have um, a couple for Saila Shah and Zubair Albi. And the topic today is home education, which is um, a really interesting topic for myself and my husband. Um, we have one child at the moment, and inshallah, is something that we have been quite interested in. So we're very pleased to be here. So welcome, Priscilla and Zubair. Well, thanks very much. Welcome. So if I can start by just asking um, about your own experience of homeschooling, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your children, how you got into it, what were your motivations, um, and generally just how that's been working out. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, well, we've got two children. One is a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. Actually, she's six now. She's turned six. She's listening. She's going to kill me. <laughs> um, but, mashallah, they've been homeschooled from the beginning, so they didn't go to nursery and they haven't started primary school or anything like that. Um, and I think the motivation behind it was, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher and I was working, I was actually working in a Muslim uh, secondary school for many years. And I've also kind of been in and around madrasas and, and, and kind of mosques and stuff like that. So for me, I think the motivation was just when my wife actually suggested it uh, in the beginning, because I was very cynical towards the whole homeschooling setup because I didn't know nothing about it. Um, but then having started out on that kind of journey of, um, of teaching them ourselves and stuff, I think... I found that it's um, it's much more liberating in terms of what you can teach them and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that idea of them not being restricted to schools and having to attend class, and I think I think that was the major factor, and and the fact that we're still doing it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. yep. for me, it was um, we had a lot of friends in Manchester and Liverpool when we lived down south who were homeschooling, and we liked what we saw, what they were doing, that they could cater their child's education to. Um, their children's needs and you know Islam was the centre of that and that really appealed to us that to to bring Islam as the centre of your child's education and then you build around that um, and instead of you know you go to school 93 and then you go to madrasa or mosque after that and then you have to kind of fit your Islamic education in later on mm-hmm. so we wanted um, to you know that was that was our um, main ideal was to be able to do that, but also we wanted to extend their um, kind of natural state, if you like, for as long as possible, so that their state of being able to just be um, children and to play, and I think that's a motivation for a lot of home editors, whether they're Muslim or non-Muslim, is that they want their children to be children for as long as possible and learn through play and and means like that, rather than having to be told that you have to sit down in a classroom or learn or, you know, get grades or, you know, be tested from a young age. Because mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it just before we came on air uh, and we were saying that, you know, when a child enters school, I mean, it's straight away, it's about um, exams, it's about tests, it's about the whole kind of idea that from that age till maybe they get to university they're still going to be in that education system in it. So th- this idea that children have to be in school by a certain age, and some people, I mean, it depends on your 
you know, you're set up at home and whether both parents are working or whatever. But sometimes children at the age of three, four can enter nursery night. I mean, that's like, well, a three-year-old is like, I, I think, too young. But in any case, they, they, they have to sometimes. Then they go into primary school at five, six, right? And you're thinking, well, where's that, where's that kind of development stage where you want the child just to, you know, play and not be kind of stuck down to rules and, and all that kind of timetabling their lives, basically? I think it depends so, on on what the you know school or whatever it is they go to because obviously and mm. in, in, in some some schools will nurture um you know the natural play and and yeah. you know that kind of natural yeah, environment that, for yeah. them but yeah. it's it's about how it's done and mm. um, there will be some places I, I went to visit a nursery with a friend and all they talked about was you know we'll get them ready for school we'll get them achieving we'll get them and we thought mm. why would you want that for a three-year-old mm. you know to be able to you know, achieve or and the, and the thing is, right? Set, see when you say standards to a certain level. I, and see, see when you say to people that you're doing homeschooling, right? Um, you come across as quite, <laughs> I don't know, like very holier than thou type thing in it. But it's not the case. I think it's for us. It's more a case of well, you know, we've seen we're both teachers, and so we've seen kind of the way that children um, when they go to school and how quickly their lives are regulated. And so for us, that was a major factor. What mm-hmm. about for someone who's not from a teaching background and? Yeah. Isn't a teacher? What kind of obstacles would you say exist for them in terms of? I think it, I think it's just about your own perspective, really. I mean, it, I te- whether you're a teacher or not shouldn't hold you back. I mean, I'm not a qualified teacher. Yeah. You know, I taught English as a second language, so I've been in a teaching environment, but I'm not a qualified teacher, and that shouldn't put you off homeschooling your children. I think that you. It's about what your attitude to how you're going to teach and learn and the kind of environment that you can create at home um, rather than whether or not you have certain qualifications. Yeah. I think as well as pa- being parents we shouldn't really undersell ourselves because yeah. the primary educational <coughs> model that a child has you know, is, is the parent yeah. um, and we're constantly as, you know, responding to an inquisitive mind um, so we probably were doing a lot of it already. You're doing it already, yeah. I absolutely. think that's it, but I think you, I think you're right in saying that a lot of parents, um, you know, do undersell themselves and they don't realise that they actually have a greater capacity to nurture their children and bring out the best in them because you're the one who spends the most time with them. You're the one who has their best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. No one's going to want the best for them except for you as much as anyone else. So you have the potential to do that. But again, you have to have the confidence in yourself that you can do that. And it's hard yeah. when your children are young. We were talking about that before, mm-hmm. that when your children are toddlers, you kind of think you're never going to be able to homeschool because it's a bit crazy at that age, mm-hmm. but it does ease off a little bit. And it was the does, same it, does it ease off? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't ease off. Eases off a little bit. Well, it, it's a bit easier when they they get a bit older and they're able to do things for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, they're a bit more independent. Yeah, and then you know you can start to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And so we kind of fell into it mm-hmm. in that sense because yeah. we knew people who were homeschooling, and they said to us look come and see what we're doing join us you know and and I was like no I can't do it because you know life's just too crazy at the moment Mm -hmm. but as he got to that age like four or five I thought yeah I do I do like it I do like being around them I do like the fact that we can teach them what we want to teach Uh, you have to want to be around your own kids (laughs) 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 sometimes that's not the case then forget about it no no the thing is also I mean we were talking about this earlier as well the fact that in a number of countries especially in Scandinavia um, they don't uh, send their children to Mm -hmm. school 
and they don't put them into formal education until they are seven years seven old. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a case of... Uh, or if they do, mm-hmm. then it's it's very much not a school system. It's a very much, like, you know, it's it, it's childcare if you need childcare, but it's not about learning. Um, you know, it's not about achievement. It's not about statistics. It's not about getting them to do EBCs by a certain age. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just about... You know, yeah, and I think one thing you notice about children as well is that they all develop at different ages, that's and so right. a number of studies have shown that children that were um, entered school at a later age, maybe around seven, as opposed to earlier, um, very quickly they catch up. So it's not a case of um, mm. you know that you're, you're stunting a, a child's development or education. Um, in fact, it's quite the opposite because they say that a lot of children who start school later on. Um, end up uh, in terms of literacy and uh, being able to read and all these kind of skills, they catch them up very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think this idea that um, the hadith from Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala um, is a key factor in this, and and the fact that we know the Prophet said that if your children uh, should be taught how to pray at the age of seven. So Hazrat Ali's hadith basically, I'm paraphrasing, uh, it talks about the fact that from when they're born till about seven years old. Um, that the child is the master. So, in other words, the child should be let to play and shouldn't really be, you know, restricted in terms of rules and and uh, and you know that kind of thing, which you could suggest is kind of formal education type thing. And then from seven to fourteen, uh, you know, you're their master, right? In other words, I mean, it sounds harsh, but not not in that sense. But it means that you're teaching them tarbiyah, you're teaching them manners, how to sit, how to stand, how to go to get people's houses, how to behave and stuff. And then from fourteen um, onwards. Uh, sorry, from yeah, so zero to seven, seven to fourteen, fourteen to twenty-one. You need to befriend them, uh, which we find very difficult, I think, as a community, right? Um, because that, when working in a secondary school, um, parents find it, especially Muslim secondary school, parents found it very difficult. I I found um, to have that relationship with their children. It was a cultural barrier, it was a language barrier and stuff. Uh, and then the hadith, just to finish, after twenty-one, you're supposed to let them go. <laughs> That's another thing. I know, I know. <laughs> and everyone's, everyone's the cold sweat and they think of what? <laughs> Let them go. I, I, actually, the one bit that naturally we can relate to, because our, our little one's only two and a half yet, so we're only at the first stage, and certainly the master, there's no doubt about that. Anyone who's seen a daughter with us yeah. knows who the master is there. There's only one master. It's that natural thing, isn't it, with children? It's, uh, it's that thing about the, their nafs is kind of finding its way, yeah. and uh, and you're right. And and what you don't want to do is just be too kind of down on them all the time and yeah. stuff like that. Isn't it? I, mean, I mean, when children are sent to things like uh, madrasas after school and stuff like that, I mean, that's brilliant. They get to learn Quran and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But really, I mean, you know, in terms of a lot of madrasas, and I know some of them are very good, but a lot of them, unfortunately, have such huge class sizes. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like 50, 60 kids with one imam. And it's very difficult sometimes to, yeah. you know, for that imam to give that quality time. So in the same sense in homeschooling and when you send your child to school, it's about the quality time and quality education mm-hmm. you're looking for. I think that's what we wanted to do, is be able to, one, take the responsibility for our children's education, and that, you know, not just send them to school and the responsibilities on the school. You want to have the responsibility yourself because your their tarbiyah is in your hands mm-hmm. and you shouldn't leave it to anyone else. It's mm-hmm. like when we were growing up and we were sent to the mosques and then your parents just leave you to it. But then 20 years later, people were coming out of the mosque they've hardly learned anything. Yeah. And we didn't want to make those same mistakes. So it's almost like it just gives us a comfort of knowing that we don't have to 
you know, worry about what they're learning because we feel that they're going to learn that aspect of Islam, whereas should we send them to school? We don't know whether they're going to get that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just obviously the Islamic side, it's it's everything about how they learn as well, um, about the types of subjects that they might learn. Um, we want them to kind of learn from a, a worldview as yeah. well and 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 you know, to how how people have mixed over the ages, not just, you know, you know, not just kind of like have a blinkered view over it. So it's just it's different things that we can mix it up how we want to. Um, and that also is a, an appeal. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that has um, obviously sent, um, you know, a, a, especially people in the Muslim faith and other faiths as well, I'm sure, is, um, you know, the issue around um, sex education. Mm-hmm. Um, has that been a factor in sort of your home education? Or is, have you just... Actually, in a, in, a, in a sense, it's been much better in terms of being placed because you can now sell it in the way that you want. I think for for us, it wasn't as much of a factor. I do know people who it was a factor, and they felt that they they felt that they didn't want children as young as six, seven, eight to be taught that kind of material. Mm-hmm. They felt that it was too explicit. I don't know the details of, of what is taught, but mm-hmm. I know people had said to me that they found it was too much too soon. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a factor for us as such because we had so many other factors that just kind of led us to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the th- and the thing is with schools as well, right, is that see not only the what the schools themselves are teaching you or teaching your children. Um, for me, it was having seen school children and you know, you see the kind of way that they behave, especially because you can't restrict, you can kind of control what your other, your own children have got in terms of iPads and screens and what they're looking at and stuff like that. But when they go into a school environment, there's a lot of things that they see from their own friends and stuff. Um, and there's a lot of things which um, that they see are not age appropriate. Mm. Um, I remember when I was in... Um, in secondary school uh, and it was secondary school although to be honest we had children even younger that were having issues but the whole kind of thing this was many years ago but we had this whole issue of smartphones being more and more available and the kind of things and there was no kind of restriction and parents didn't know what they were looking at and the kind of things that they would get pulled up in school about um, and the kind of images they used to see and it was only it was all curiosity and it was being passed around from friends and that so it's not to say that homeschooling is, is a shield against all of it um, however, I mean, it's a major factor, definitely. Welcome back to your inner conversation. A rare things happen, and my wife's given me the power seat for <laughs> once. Uh, so with great power comes great responsibility, so let's see how I can uh, cope with that. I was told I wasn't asking you enough questions, so it's not often I'm told that. Um, so we're still talking today, brothers and parents and sister for a while, about homeschooling. Uh, and their experiences as homeschooling parents. Um, and I think one of the questions I had was uh, about, I think a lot of people have concern that by children being schooled at home, they lose that interaction mm-hmm. with other children that naturally you have at school, nursery. So uh, what's your answer to that? Or what's the remedy? Is there a remedy to well, that? To be honest, when, when my wife and, uh, and I thought about homeschooling, um, that was my major concern. I thought, hang on a second, I remember school, I remember growing up, going to class and, you know, just spending time in the playground and, you know, to and from school with friends. And I thought maybe that's going to be something that's seriously lacking if you do homeschooling. 
Um, and to be honest, I was I was much I felt much more comfortable with the idea when I realised that it, you don't do it alone. Um, homeschooling isn't. I mean, it can be done alone, but homeschooling for us is more of a community thing because we have a number of families um, that centre around Almizan. And basically they use the classrooms, they spend time where they put children together. And so that's that's kind of makes me feel much better, the fact that they are getting more interaction. That makes sense because yeah. it gives you that um, the children interacting mm-hmm. might give the parents a bit of respite, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, what, what's, how it's worked well for us is that we, one, for the parents we have support. So, you know, yeah. the mums will have mm-hmm. um, support to kind of offload ideas and things like that but we also um, the children obviously get to interact and they get to make friends as well and that's been good for us so that you don't have to, I mean another way of doing it is that even if you're homeschooling on your own you could, a lot of people what they do is they just go to other meetups with the wider community of Mm. homeschoolers or they'll put their kids into scouts or they'll put Mm. their kids into um, classes like where there's team sports Mm. and things and it is a factor that people have to consider because um, you know there is an there is an element of homeschool kids could be a little bit weaker in the sense that they don't know how to interact with others or they don't know how to um, resolve conflicts because they've never been in conflict situations or they don't know how to do things like that when because they've never you know ha- yeah. been in that playground situation whereas if you know if you have a wider support network and you do interact with others then you know they're going to naturally come across those things yeah and in fairness i've got to confess i had heard something about the networks and i was curious about mm-hmm. that because otherwise it would be fairly isolated yeah absolutely so, yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was... I mean, I tend to have quite an open mind about education generally, um, and I, I'm just, I actually just Googled famous homeschoolers <laughs> <laughs> while I was... Uh, while Imran gave me a, ch- gave me a chance. So you've got um, George Washington in there, um, Abraham Lincoln, Frank Roosevelt. I mean, a lot of these are obviously American... Um, celebrities here. Well, that's don't, the thing. Don't, don't talk. Yeah. We'll see. Oh God, don't say that. I'm not. We're giving up. The thing is that home, home education is really big in America, and yeah. another factor for us when, when um, I mean, a long time ago before we even had kids, was um, we used to listen to Sheikh Hamza Yusuf a lot, and he mm. talks about home education it, yeah. because in in America the system is a bit more broken than it is here, although the current UK government is kind of moving in more on an American model now so that was a worry for us as well and um, he did a lot of work with John Taylor Gatto who was a teacher for 30 years and he wrote a book called Dumbing Us Down and he talks about the school system just you know almost like boxing off children now yeah. getting them to just sit their exams learn um, you know memorize information for exams but then that's stuff that you're going to forget quite easily so um, things like that made us want to, you know, do things differently from that point of view as well. That that that's something that so was concerned is obviously attaining academic results. Attaining academic results is always a big thing, especially in the Asian in, community. In the Asian community. <laughs> yeah. But for us, it's not the be all and end all. It's important, mm-hmm. of course, it is. You can't shy away from that. But I think 
and it's without being judgmental, it seems that sometimes people can get lost just in that. Surely schooling and education yeah, no, is I mean, much be, more than It's that. funny you should say that because I spoke to a parent recently, um, in fact today, and he was talking about um, asking for Quran classes. And I think parents, uh, in the same way, parents have this kind of obsession about their children finishing the Qur'an, finishing the Qur'an. And it's like, you're constantly, as a teacher, but also as an imam, you're constantly telling them that, look, it's not about them finishing the Qur'an and racing through it, because all children kind of have different abilities. It's about them actually being able to pronounce the letters properly and understand as much as they can in terms of the etiquettes of the Qur'an and being able to read properly, Mm. as opposed to just racing through it. But then, fortunately, that's the kind of world in which we live. But it's all about results, yeah. it's all about, you know, percentages and it's speed, all about speed, speed and the, oh my, my son's finished the Qur'an and the, and the son may not, you know, come read the Qur'an again for 10 years but he, he's finished it. So, you know, I think all these mm. kind of priorities are misplaced. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on what you measure your standards by and for a lot of us, and it's just unfortunate, it's the way that society's gone, mm. is that a lot of us, the standards are set by competition and you know achievement in terms of who's better than who and what your grades are and things like that Mm. but we need to almost like rethink what our standards are and for us you know those aren't important as much yes if our kids get good grades or they go into uni and they you know they achieve they want to do law or medicine or whatever then that's good but we don't that's not the be all and end all for us we want them to have a life experience and we want them to again we want them to understand their faith more than anything and let that guide their life so that they can um be what Allah Spandala wants them to be rather than what kind of society kind of holds to be as a high standard or you know a high a good profession or anything mm. and obviously i don't know if you've thought that far but what's your thoughts i mean is the plan to <laughs> i was hoping oh, you wouldn't ask this <laughs> homeschool homeschool till the end or all the way till they're 35 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um at the moment, we're just taking it a year yeah. at a time. Right. Yeah. So you take a year, you, you reassess, you see how it's going, and then mm. you decide. And alhamdulillah for us, it's been, you know, we feel it's been going fine. I mean, what's worked quite nicely in the last couple of years for us is that we've kind of set up a couple of co-ops with some of the other parents yeah. that we know. And so we run, we share some classes. So we do an Islamic studies class where we learn the first year we did um, the life of the prophets. Then the next year was the seerah of the prophets, sallallahu Then this year we just did the the ten promised paradise, and next year, inshallah, we'll do a bit of Quran. But what we do is we share it with all the with all the mums um, who are in our wee group um, and dads. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dads, dads sometimes. Uh, I remember teaching class. <laughs> That's true. But um, so we do have <laughs> we do have. Um, you know, so I think it's just kind of like an evolution yeah. of of um, ideas, and you know, how, how, however we uh, at the end of the year see we want to move forward, mm-hmm. then you just kind of reassess it. How how challenging does it become as you know once you start entering into secondary education and you know formal subjects, 
um, and you know subjects that are examinable and yeah. you know you do obviously want you know your child to have you know yeah no I mean I think this is what we're going to have to seriously think about in the next few years and it is whether or not we continue it into secondary school or not um, I mean the whole aim of homeschooling is that you kind of teach a child life skills and tarbiyah so that they know how to behave when you have guests they know how to speak to parents and adults and you know generally you want good well-being from themselves and towards others when they get to secondary school it's a whole different ball game so it's about subjects about specific subjects which are going to then go on to you know for places at university and stuff like that mm-hmm. um to be fair i've not thought that far ahead i, I do know a family good friends of ours um, who have raised their son and uh, and he's gone all the way through and he's about 17 now or something like this and I thought you know what he's I mean from what I've only met him a few times but from what I have seen of him he's an incredibly well balanced mature young adult and I think you know it's a fantastic job that the parents have done but it can be done yeah. uh, again much more challenging though especially in those years of yeah. the teenage years can you imagine mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's uh, yeah. a long way to go for you guys but honestly man the children wanted to be anywhere but with their parents when they're teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true, that's true. So we're going to have to think long and hard to think about I that. I suppose that also depends on the child and the yeah. experience they've had of being home educated because I think, yes, they will want their... Um, they will want their own independence and a bit of freedom but if they've always spent time with their parents I don't think they have that same um, appeal to always be with their peers because they've not had that from the beginning and if their peers are also people that you um, are home educating with and that you um, have similar ideas and opinions then you don't you know that it's not going to be you know that same issue of, of yeah. letting them uh, letting them go with them and just very quickly i remember something from when i was teaching in the muslim secondary school in manchester right about the influence of parents i'm talking about here i remember um we had over the years i probably saw more than a thousand two thousand children come and go through the school go out from first year all the way to fifth year and then leave um and we were, and I was the pastoral coordinator, kind of Islamic coordinator for the school, so we'd organise prayers and stuff. And it just came to me there that I remember thinking that, see the children, right, who were at that age group, so we're talking a bit older now, we're talking secondary school, the children that would, at prayer time, so the whole school would pray Jama'ah together, right, and Zohar together, for example, sometimes Asr, but out of more than 2,000 kids that I saw, um, the children that would go and make wudu on time, attend the prayer, pray nicely without messing about, maybe even read their sunnahs and stuff like that, but just generally very well behaved during the prayer time. If you were to match their um, behaviour with their parenting, you could tell 100% that the parents at home used to pray and the parents at home gave them that kind of love for the prayer. And there was no exceptions. There was never a child that I saw, right, in about seven years who basically just started praying if his parents at home didn't pray or the other way around um, if there was parents that constantly prayed at home that they would just forget about the prayer when they got to school so I mean there's that link and that's why the influence of of parenting is so important and they mimic you from a very young age right definitely (laughs) good and bad good and bad bad, right so you have to be very careful and so I think uh, I think homeschooling is just an extension of that it's like you're trying to raise them and you're trying to give them to be and manners all the time without being too oppressive on them I mean you can it can be it can be dangerous as well in the sense that you know you're constantly in each other's space 
and and so this is why what we said about the fact that you've got a homeschooling network I mean that really helps yeah I think the network sounds really important actually probably essential yeah definitely because otherwise you would Otherwise, very daunting as well. I mean, it can be done, of course. Yeah, but it can be done. There are people who yeah. do it. And I think, again, those people are the ones who are confident in their yeah. own ability. And they're confident that what they're doing is right for their child. And they're confident that they know enough to be able to teach their child. So it's not that it can't be done. It's just that for us personally, we it, it, it helped us to be able to know other people who were who were doing it with us. Mm. Definitely. One thing I remember my dad said to me as well, because my dad's a complete like cynic when it comes to homeschooling. <laughs> and he keeps saying to me and he keeps saying to me he goes uh, so when are you going to put them in a real school right and I'm like Dad. and then whenever I say you know, oh no homeschooling benefits start listing the benefits and then he starts saying well you know you turned out alright <laughs> it's a compliment but no he he turned around to me and he goes like he goes put them in a school and I said look this is a recent conversation a couple of weeks ago and uh, and I said to him, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not really thinking about it. And he goes, listen, what about secondary? He asked me the same question. And I said the same thing. I said, look, we'll see how it goes in it. And he said, right, he goes, I'll believe in homeschooling, right? <laughs> if when your child is ready, right, when my son's ready for um, secondary school, he goes, I want him to set entrance exams. Mm-hmm. a few of the grammar schools and he goes if he passes the exams where you send them or not is not irrelevant mm-hmm. if he passes the exams he goes that's fine I'll believe in homeschooling <laughs> yeah. he goes if he doesn't <laughs> then he goes you're in trouble so I mean yeah. I, I think mean there is a generational oh, definitely. difference definitely. in terms of how you know we would view you know uh, and, and I suppose with our parents having come from Pakistan um, over here you know so the British education system was being sort of you know the, the ideal, the the ideal kind of, to, to measure to you know and um, and we do have to have a good education system you know we don't knock it you no, know, no, at all um, but that's not to say there's not other viable, viable alternatives and that's where home education comes in and also different philosophies when it comes you know different educational philosophies as well and that's just that I think something we were speaking about during the break yeah. is did you did you consider other educational sort of establishments or well when our kids were younger we had put them in a um, outdoor nursery because we liked outdoor, mm. we liked the idea of outdoor yeah, learning. That was brilliant. They loved yeah. that. Yeah. 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 We, we can talk more about that later because yeah. I'm looking into that. Yeah, yeah that, it's called that, rainbows and puddles. It's still, it's still around, though, isn't it? Rainbows and puddles. Yeah, it's an Ayrshire, the one that we sent them to. Mm-hmm. And that was um, that was amazing for them because they get to be out in all weathers. And I think that's another mm-hmm. thing that we have to get over is the fact that you know children want to play no matter what the weather's like. Mm-hmm. Whereas a bit of rain in Glasgow not that we get much of it but you know (laughs) oh it's right you have to come in you know you have to stay indoors but Mm -hmm. it kind of um it does have a detrimental effect on on children because they don't they want to be free Mm -hmm. and they want to be able to go out in all weathers um so that was that was good for us and I think the homeschooling just kind of evolved from that and we did look into we did consider whether we would send them to the Steiner but then the Steiner um burnt down unfortunately (laughs) so um that wasn't an option anymore but mm. can I just say about the rainbows and puddles which I found was quite amazing I mean we went recently on holiday right and uh, there was a, a reptile park right and so our daughter um, Arwa who's uh, six years old and my son seven uh, Elias both of them like are so um, happy to touch creepy crawlies and mm-hmm. she had a snake around her neck yeah. and so did he and <laughs> they had these lizards running all over them and stuff right and that's a direct result of the fact that they were at this nursery I think yeah. mm-hmm. because it kind of 
got rid of all these inhibitions definitely and to be honest children as well and one I remember one of the scholars I was listening to a talk of his and he was saying that look you need to let your children just um, run free and you know climb trees and not constantly be protected and protected and protected right and health and safety I mean generally has gone mad especially in schools and and other Mm. places right so this idea is just let them go out graze their knee you know fall off their bike and all that and the more less you do that the less kind of you know growing up they do I think they've got to develop they've got to develop their own way they've got to have experiences they need to be able to assess risks themselves and if they don't have the opportunity to do that if you're not putting them in the environment to be able to assess risks Mm. then they're not going to learn that's that's exactly it's not to say that just homeschooling kids get this of course not you Mm. I mean all children Mm. but we're not talking specifically about homeschooling in that sense but you're right that's exactly it you need to let them just grow I think I remember saying to him, I, I think it was maybe my father-in-law actually. I was like, when you when you were when you were in Pakistan, you had a great childhood. <laughs> yeah. you know, you've had uh, a great childhood. You had, um, I mean, my, my in-laws and both my parents as well came, come from the village, so you had, you know, all these fields and grounds to explore yeah, and the natural yeah, habitat and absolutely. you know rivers flowing by and, <laughs> and things like that. And you don't realise, um, isn't it, how lucky um, they were? I know absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, I, I noticed this recently when I was, uh, um, I do a lot of work in, uh, on Victoria Road and stuff in it, and I was just wondering about, there's all these families in it of immigrants uh, that you see around mm-hmm. Govan Hill and stuff like this, and I saw these young children, really young children, just hanging about with their, you know, relatives, whatever, friends, and, and they're just by themselves, mm-hmm. right? And then this is so shocking to us because, you know, we're so kind of, you know, not controlling, but we're so kind of uh, obsessed with making sure that our children, we know exactly where they are, what they're doing, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some, and you know, you, you're trying to be careful in a world that is obviously, you know, got its problems and that. But I saw these children just running about, having a good time, having a good laugh, right? And I just thought that's that's amazing. Maybe this is where our parents came from, and that kind of idea of just running free mm-hmm. and not constantly thinking, "Where's my child at this point?" or "Where's my child at that point of the day?" But I do um, think the kind of restrictions that we have now do kind of dumb the children down a little bit to the point that yeah. they're not they don't use their own awareness and they have so much natural ability that we kind of take away from them because we don't allow them to use their own instincts anymore mm-hmm. we're telling mm-hmm. constantly telling them what to do yeah. and it's about getting them to 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 be in touch with their natural state a lot more and that's you know a, quite a, a big motivating factor for me is Absolutely. to get them to stay in touch with that kind of natural state that they have so that as they grow older they can always know or you know they, they'll, they'll, they'll have that instinct and that they will be in touch with what Allah Spandala wants from them and to allow that to guide them rather than what society wants from them. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to uh, Sheikh Radwan this morning and he was talking about, or this afternoon, and he's talking about tree huggers. <laughs> that was a word that I could have. We have one in our family, I, don't I we? And what was interesting, what was interesting <laughs> what he mentioned, he said, uh, you know, it's, a, it's sunnah to be a tree hugger, right? Which yeah. is quite interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but if you look, even if you look at the life of the Prophet mm-hmm. and the companions, I mean, all the Prophets, the Prophet said in hadith were shepherds at one point, mm-hmm. and the fact that they were constantly outdoors, so many hadith to do with trees, to do 
with mountains, you know, Ohad, uh, we love Ohad and Ohad loves us, for example. We have mm-hmm. the tree that, is, that started crying when, when it mm-hmm. missed the, the closeness of the Prophet. So there is this connection to nature which sometimes we lose. Um, but again, this is not specifically to homeschooling. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, children can well, have that connection. So yeah. I think what home educating does is it allows you to have that freedom and flexibility to do that. I mean, most uh, home educators that I know are tree huggers and uh, we're quite <laughs> proud of that. But it is, nothing you know, wrong with that. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. So it is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice part of it that did, you get that flexibility did, to did be you able to do that. When we take Fatma out, I mean, when she's in the outdoors or, you know, water or, or woods, mm-hmm. I mean, she's not happier mm-hmm. anywhere else than when she's out and about. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. she, she loves it, she loves it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, one of our... At least one of our sisters is a tree hugger. Tree hugger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mo- most children do love it. There will be children who don't. And I think, again, it's about knowing your child. And I think yeah. a lot of aspects of home educating is that you have to know yourself and you have to know your child, whether or not you have the capability yeah. or whether you have the confidence enough to do the home educating and whether or not it will suit your child's temperament. There are children who will do a bit better in schools yeah. because they need the social aspect of it or they need the kind of sitting down at a desk and, and, and learning and we do know people who have one child in school or a couple of children in school and one or two at home as well right, okay. and so it's a, a mix and match of how what suits your what suits mm-hmm. your children I suppose the other thing we touched upon in the break was that it also depends on the lifestyle by that I mean the, the profession the work of the mm-hmm. parents if the parents are working I mean you would need someone at least one yeah. parent who's at home then yeah, no, you would you'd have to have somebody dedicated to it because it is. I mean, time-wise, it's obviously. Yes. I'm putting my hand up. <laughs> really <laughs> volunteering, <laughs> volunteering. And then Fatma will be an expert on football and No, no. One thing, one thing that came to mind when I was um, when I was listening to that about the fact that the kids need to be outdoors more and stuff like this. When I go travelling, for example, I take the train into work. Right when I see that. Um, a lot of kids I sometimes go just before school time I mean genuinely almost every single child that you see on the train is stuck to their iPhones or their phones Mm. and this is a danger in it this is another show altogether right (laughs) it's a huge issue about how much access you should give your children to screens and and I think it's all related because a child's development right I mean years ago I remember when we were growing up in Park Shields right there was that dead end next to the madrasa right and we used to be out there almost every single night playing football right and you go now and honest genuinely streets are dead because kids kids are indoors and they're either watching something or they're on the phones and stuff mm-hmm. and I think that has a direct kind of yeah. relationship to the way that children uh, grow up and their education and I, I think that so that interactive kind of internet generation is a big concern oh, we've got two minutes yeah. uh, no absolutely minutes so uh, summarising I think summarising <laughs> so, so in like let's see if we can just do it in short um 10 seconds, 15 seconds, each of you. Okay. What are the pros? Uh, sorry, start with the cons and then we'll finish with the pros, a positive. Okay, go on. Yeah, you have more than 15 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Cons are that, yeah, sometimes it does drive you a bit mental uh, <laughs> having your kids with you all the time, but um, alhamdulillah, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't happen often. Um, and obviously, you don't have the time. To yourself as the main home educating parent you won't have time to just go out and do things that you want to do on your own 
because you'll always have your yeah. kids in tow. But the pros are definitely the fact that yeah. you have more control over your, what your children are learning, how they're behaving and everything. Mm-hmm. And so you have that closer, much closer kind of relationship. And I think you also use everything as an opportunity to learn as well. I think that's us getting to the end of our conversation. Have we convinced you then, eh? You've convinced me that Rashida would make a great homeschooling mum. Uh, do we forget that you have to pair as well? Yeah. <laughs> Full I think I already salary. knew that. <laughs> so um, I think if we can just cap off, Zakla for uh, being with us and Aye, no conversing with us. It was a really interesting topic. Mm-hmm. I think there's lots of positives in, in homeschooling. It's obviously not something anyone and everyone can do, but I think those who can, it's a commendable thing and mm. it Absolutely. introduces a lot of variety. I think we do need variety in the types of education that's available. Definitely, and, definitely. Uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, I, I think I just want to thank you both for being here today and sharing your experience and your journey about home education. And um, I think as a final point, is also just if anybody is considering home education, can you would you can you suggest how they might get in touch with the home ed group? Or yeah, well, if they're on Facebook, they can go on to the Glasgow Caters Facebook page and they can join up there. There's also a wider Glasgow home education groups. Um, that's for the the wider network, um, and or if um, just pop and tell me that. Yeah, ask they can ask there, and they'll always be able to give them a contact of one of the people who are um, homeschooling their kids, and yeah, get in touch that way. Okay. Shalma. Thank you. Asalaamu Alaikum everyone. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you found it interesting and informative. Asalaamu Alaikum. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.